you very much. First of all, I would like to welcome each and every one of you uh, for coming to and attending the African Youth Nuclear Summit. Um, on behalf of the African Young Generation in Nuclear, I would like to thank each and every one of you, the government of Ghana and all its sectors of government for supporting us and making sure that this summit continues and will continue this tradition of the African Youth Nuclear Summit every two years. And also the, the, the local organizing committee, the Ghana Young Generation and Nuclear, we appreciate all the effort you have put to make sure this summit becomes very, very successful. And I think each and every one of us so far, we can see we have enjoyed um, every speaker that has shown um, what we're about to do for this conference and also some of the cultural display we've had. So my session as, as the advisor for this organization, um, I'm, I'm, I must say, if you, if you allow me, I've, I'm pleased with what we have accomplished um, for the last six, six years since inauguration in 2017. Since this was an idea in 2014, we have created something that is really special. And this goes hand in hand with the plenary session that I have today, which is effective communication. We feel like we have laid the foundation of communicating what is necessary to bring African youths, professionals in the industry to share knowledge, transfer knowledge, and make sure we can apply these knowledge to meaningful things in our lives in Africa. Myself, I'm from Sierra Leone, but I am based in the United States. Um, I've been in the industry for 14 years, working at the nuclear power plant. Um, that was my previous life before the power plant was shut down for the, for the commission um, permanently for the last two years. All my effort has been to make sure that we can open and launch chapters of the AYGN in different parts of Africa. So what is effective communication? The reason why we have the African summit today, we believe as the African young generation nuclear, the results of the effective communication that we've, we've been able to do for the last six years have brought us to where we are right now. So, for this session, I know you have heard and listened to all our keynote speakers. I wish I was there with you because anybody that, every, anybody that knows me, I love to engage the crowd. So I will, t I will, I will give you 10 seconds, 10 seconds to write these three things down. And this is how I wanna kick off this plenary session. Write information. And then put an arrow from information to delivery. And then an arrow from delivery to reception. Now, draw another arrow from reception to delivery and from delivery to information. That is the summary of our plenary session. I think the session is over now. Everybody can leave now. But what, 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 what are these three terminologies? Because at the end of the day, information can be received, 
by different people and understood by different people. So many of us here in Africa um, at this particular summit are from different parts of the country. Someone that speaks Arabic can write something in Arabic and pass it over to his friend. It's information delivered to his friend, but if his friend does not understand Arabic, it means nothing to him or her. Same thing for those who are Ghanaians, they can speak their language, write it down and pass it over to their friend who is sitting next to them, who is maybe from Sierra Leone. It's information that is delivered and received, but it means nothing to um, the Sierra Leonean who received that information. So when we talk about effective communication in, in anything in life in general, it is that unique capability of taking information that you have, being able to deliver that information and being able to, the person that's receiving that information understands exactly the person sends, who is sending that information, becomes receptive of that information. But now, if we go further down and, and look at each one of these components, information. Information can be verbal, it could be written, and it could be images. And this is one of the things that sometimes we don't think about, the images of information. As nuclear professionals, as engineers, as scientists, you ask yourself, myself here, I'm an engineer. You ask yourself right now, why is it, why is it that an engineer is coming to talk to me about effective communication? Because there is no group of people that are worse than communicating than engineers or scientists. And I believe everybody would agree with me. But coming from an engineering background myself and coming from being involved with programs that have led me to where I am today, where I believe I can bring something back to my continent, being involved with similar organizations here in America, the, the, the North American Young Generation and Nuclear, being involved in being part of these organizations have helped me develop skills um, wherein I try to effectively communicate. I'm still working on it. So I say to you, this image is sometimes that we don't really think about are very, very important for how we're gonna deliver information to different people in different location. It's not just about talking, it's not just about writing information, but sometimes people also look at images, how you present yourself when you go deliver that information. Now that delivery would require certain skills that can be trained and that can be developed. Now the person that's gonna be receiving that information if they're able to articulate what you what your goal is, then you know you have accomplished your goal um, of effective communication. But what I know sometimes in the nuclear industry, you talk about effective communication. Now, I want you guys to step back for a moment and think about this. I like to think of effective communication. Instead of saying effective communication, why, why not say we strategize in our communication? Because at the end of the day, whenever you say nuclear, the first thing that people think about is what? Nuclear bomb and all this stuff. So as nuclear professionals, I want us to think about how we can strategize 
in order to be able to communicate effectively um, to different groups of people that we're trying to reach. So what is the key component in, 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 in effective communication? The most, the key component here is who are your audience? Who is your audience that you intend this message that you, that you, that you, that you intend to communicate with, with? So if you know your audience, you know that you're going to tailor your, your, your message to that audience. Someone who is from America thinks about things very differently from someone who is from the continent of Africa. We all have different ways of how we receive things. Since we are in the West Coast of Africa, typically we, uh, our, uh, we, we, most of us in the Western part of Africa, we, we, we understand, uh, we communicate with pidgin English for the most part. I will make, a, I will make an, a, as an example, uh, and I will say it, excuse me for those who don't understand pidgin English, right? So if you go into a location who are local people and you put on a tie and you put on a suit and you're trying to talk to them about some of the benefits of nuclear science and technology, whether it is medicine, whether let's say it's agriculture, if you're in the countryside, you're talking to them about this, uh, about the benefits of nuclear science and technology, you show up with a tie and a suit, what are they going to say? They say, ah, this, this man came here with suit if he say he, he, he get PhD degree. This is not a PhD degree. So what is that saying? If I translate that, what they're telling you is you showing up here with an image of, you know, someone very educated, very knowledgeable. First of all, that image, as we spoke about earlier, about that information, they have already tuned you out when you start talking to them. But if you show up, dress up like them, mingle like them, first of all, you have created what we call, you have empathized with your audience. And once you have empathized with your audience, you capture their attention. Now, whatever information you are trying to communicate with them, they would listen and they were ready to receive it. And more than likely the goal, that the goal of your, uh, whatever information you're trying to communicate will be receptive. Now, this particular plenary session is two parts. Effective communication and how we're going to develop these programs to make sure that this effective communication um, is, is, is successful in most of these organizations. So as I mentioned earlier, for the last two years that I've invested in trying to, trying to help most of our African countries open up um, 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 chapters of the African, Youth Nuclear, uh, African Young Generation Nuclear, whether it is in Sudan, whether it's in Sierra Leone, whether it's in Malawi, whether it's in all these other places that we have as a unit try to, open, try to uh, help young professionals in the industry um, um, bring about awareness about the uses of nuclear science and technology. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have someone representing you, you are out of the mix. So if we are to impact policies in any of our countries, we support. We we are trying very hard as an organization to make sure that we have African youths. We heard from one of the plenary session, uh, uh, one of the keynote speakers here, talking about 
right now in Africa, we have the most amount of young people in the world. And the minds of these brilliant, of these brilliant young people have to be calibrated to make sure that they send that message. Because if there's anything that's so important about this effective communication that we're talking about, Professor Shalcott has mentioned that earlier in her in his in his um, keynote speak, speech. The challenges that we in Africa face, in order for us to even meet the Africa the the the, the 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 African Union Agenda 2063, on all 20 of those goals, really and truly lies on how we can effectively communicate the uses of nuclear science and technology, because we understand what these benefits are, whether it is in medicine, whether it is in agriculture, whether it is in electricity, right? Or whether it is in the environment itself and any other uh, applications that we have. And as Professor Shalkat mentioned earlier, he he said 80% 80 of the African uh, uh, population does not have access to radiotherapy. Just think about that for a minute. Let that let that sink in. Let that sink in. And as the advisor also for the Sierra Young Generation Nuclear, which we have opened up recently and launched, we have there is a statistic that shows that that country only has one location, one location in the city, Freetown, wherein folks have access to advanced uh, nuclear uh, diagnostic tools, whether it is EKG whether it is MRI, whether it is um, 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 ultrasound. So just think about that. Let that, let, that, let, that, let, that, let that sink in for a moment. So each and every one of us in this conference, whether you're physically there or you're at home, this effective communication becomes very important, becomes very vital in order for us to make sure we can meet this immediate needs of our nations in Africa. So... If we are going to get to that next, the next part, we have to be able to develop those outreach programs that would enable us to make sure that our message is reached to different parts of our countries in Africa. And that's the next part of this plenary session, creating outreach programs. In other words, how do we bring about awareness, awareness of applications of nuclear science and technology? How are we going to about going to bring about those programs to make sure these programs are successful? And we have been doing that as the AYGN. Um, recently, our president, um, GP, was at a school. I don't know exactly where in South Africa, but he was at a school grassroots program wherein he's talking to them about chemistry, about atom, about protons and neutrons and electrons. If we are able to affect um, these elementary school um, students, we get their interest into nuclear science, into something that is nuclear science and technology, we have started somewhere. So those are the grassroots programs that we need to create. So for each one of these chapters, if you are here, you are a president of any one of the chapters of the African Young Generation Nuclear, whether you're from Sudan, whether you're from Sierra Leone, the Ghana Young Generation Nuclear, the Nigerian Young Generation Nuclear, South Africa, Zambia, all of our countries currently that are chapters of our organization. These programs, these programs have to be created to make sure that 
we get to a point wherein we can actually meet the 2063 agenda because believe it or not 2063 is not is not that far is not that far away so one of those grassroots programs is making sure that people uh children from a very early age are exposed to the concept of nuclear science and technology so what is the next program social media Right now, the African Young Generation in Nuclear has created a program for Africa for nuclear with our amazing communication chair, Princess. I think he, she is on the third episode for Africa uh, for Nuclear, episode that she launched three weeks ago. These are some of the things that we have done so far um, that we believe we can create programs that would affect and change the mentality and thinking of folks in the continent itself. Because at the end of the day, we're doing all this for socioeconomic development for our country. Not for you, not for me, but for everybody in the continent. What about community involvement? And this is where sometimes we don't really think about that. In any parts of, in any parts of Africa or in any community that you are, there's always going to be community involvement that's required. Okay, there are going to be campaigns, whether it is the cancer drive, whether it is whatever drive that is that's going on within your community. Make sure we are visible. If we have some shirts on that says um, Africa nuclear for socioeconomic uh, development of, let's say, I don't know, Accra. And there is a competition that's going on, let's say the African Nations Cup. And we participate, we volunteer. Guess what? People are going to stop by and ask you. So, what? What? what tell me something about uh, nuclear, uh, uh, nuclear, and then you can talk about something that's that's really, really needed by that country. So that's the second. That's the that's the other part of these programs when we create them, because every country definitely is is different in 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 our in 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 our in our continent. But what are the issues currently that we have for that particular country? Say, for example. Um, um, you want to talk about the medical field. You talk about the medical field and keep it simple as best as you can. Keep it as simple as best as you can. Because knowing who your audience is would allow you to be able to use simple language, simple way of communicating to make sure your message is, um, is received the way you wanted it. Workshops. These are key components in creating programs that would um, have an impact um, um, in any parts and for any, any one of our chapters. These are something, some of the other things that we can do. And we can do a lot of different workshops um, to, to educate people about nuclear science and technology um, in our areas. What's the next one? And this is very, very, very important. Government outreach programs. I cannot, I can, we cannot take this lightly. And one of the reasons why we are very, very grateful for the government of Ghana for embracing us. And we hope that every country in Africa, every single one of them would embrace us because at the end of the day, we believe we, we can affect change. And some of these leaders in our organizations could also be leaders in some of these governments. In order for us to actually have policies that can actually, um, 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 implement some of the some of some of promote some of the uh, uh, um, advantages of nuclear science and technology. We have to have representatives 
in some of these government places to change people's policies. So I say to you, we can also develop programs wherein each and every one of our chapters can have a day wherein we write to our to the parliament to say, listen, we want to come and sit in in some of the arguments that you guys have in your parliament and give us just 10, five minutes so we can talk to you why it is really, really important for you to invest in radiotherapy? Why is it really, really uh, important for you to invest in nuclear energy? Why is it really, really important for you to invest in industrial applications? Whether it is monitoring something that is in a pipe. Why is it really, really important for you to invest in technologies that would address hunger for agriculture when you sterilize insects and send them out for places in uh, 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 that have issues with famine or, you know, with, uh, with 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 farming issues, so we have to have people that actually go and promote these ideas to our policies. But if we have everybody in parliament that knows nothing about nuclear science and technology, and we are not there to give them that awareness to say, you know, this, these are some of the benefits we can bring to the country. At the end of the day, we are on the sideline. So this is very very important for any. For any of these programs to succeed, our governments have to be able to embrace the idea of nuclear science and technology. How do we involve our how do we engage our civil societies? These are also, as we know, in most of our governments in, in Africa, we have the parliament and also we have our civil society. We have our civil leadership, whether they are the chiefs that are part of the parliament. And I can only speak about Sierra Leone because that's where I'm from. We have 12 paramount chiefs that are also part of the parliament. So we have to be able to engage those chiefdoms and, and, and explain to them why it is important, what, what is nuclear science and technology and what is important to them in their locations. So I say all this and I'll close with this and I'll open it up for questions. Um, if we are to move forward, if we are to meet those 20 goals that our leaders at the African Union have have spelled out for us, effective communication or what I like to call a strategized communication is more important now more than ever. And I'm hoping that all our chapter leaders, all our chapter presidents, all our chapter membership would embrace this idea and we, as the African Young Generation and Nuclear, our leadership, we are here to mentor and, and show what we can help with all of these programs, you know, based on what country you're physically from. Again, I thank each and every one of you for attending, for listening. Um, I hope uh, I hope each and every one of you will take something back to your country, because at the end of the day, coming to this summit is not enough for you to just come listen, but taking what you have learned and actually implement it. On Thursday, we're going to have a whole hour to actually talk about myself and our communication chair, Princess. We're going to have an entire hour to actually look at what guidance you need for practicing good communication. So please make sure you mark that on your schedule on the fourth day at 11 o'clock. better um, communicate nuclear science and technology. At this point, I will open it up for questions. Um, again, I would love to engage you guys, even if um, I can't engage you right now. 
my email will be um, in, in, in the chat. Reach out to me. Um, we are here to help and make sure that nuclear science and technology um, brings about socio-economic development in all of Africa. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. Barry. So that has been Mr. Abdul Karim Barry. He's the advisor for African Young Generation in Nuclear. And he's just spoken on the effective communication and nuclear outreach. Do we have any questions for Mr. Barry, please? For our delegates that are joined in virtually, you can type your questions in the chat box if you have any for Mr. Barry. Do we have any questions, please? I guess I have effectively communicated then. Oh, there are questions. Well, you, you have effectively communicated, but I think people need some clarity. So we'll open the floor for, I said that two hands up in person in the auditorium. Do we have any questions from the our virtual delegates? None. Okay. So we'll start with our dear lady. Please, you introduce yourself and then you ask your question. Thank you. Hello. Good morning. Uh, this is Tibian. I am from Sudanian Generation in Nuclear. And thank you, Mr. Abdul Karim, for this most interesting lecture. I, my question is, do AYGN consider engaging with the students who are studying politi political science and international relations? Because I think those are the people who are playing a, a, a high role in the effective application of nuclear in Africa. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. If I understand the question, you wanted to know if the AYGN engages political science students because they're involved in policymaking. Correct? Yes. Okay, so one of the things that we're trying to train, to answer your question, so far we have not engaged any political science students. And that would be a good idea um, um, to, bring, to, to discuss. Um, as you being the chapter lead of the Sudan, a young generation nuclear, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that question. I'm gonna throw that um, challenge to yourself. How are you going to make sure you recruit political science students in Sudan, okay, um, 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 to be part of the uh, the Sudan Young Generation in Nuclear? As Professor Shaukat had mentioned at the very end of his of his um, presentation, you see some of all the careers that can be part of the the the, the nuclear industry itself. Um, now, that doesn't necessarily mean as a scientist, as an engineer, you yourself cannot start educating yourself and training yourself how you can become involved in policymaking because we have that we have the technical knowledge. OK, we have the technical knowledge of what's required. So it is upon us as scientists, as engineers, OK, to make sure we get the training and all and I'm, and I'm calling on all um, um, organizations or um, uh, manufacturers that or institutions to, to actually have um, programs that's generated for helping scientists, engineers um, learn skills of effective communication. I hope that answers your question. Yes, thank you. And you know, I'm thinking about doing something and I will ask you about your thought about this, which is um, 
pursuing master degree in international relations and politics and encouraging other nuclear scientists and engineers to do the same thing. The sky is the limit. The sky is the limit, Sesto. Whatever you choose to do that would bring about a sustainable um sustainable you know economic benefit for our country for our countries through nuclear science and technology um we are we are smart enough to know at this point that whatever needs to be done to promote nuclear science and technology whatever we need we think we can do i think you should pursue it thank you very much mr abdesri thank so you we'll take our next question uh My name is Abubakar Sadiq Ali. I'm from uh, Nigeria, the President Institute of Nuclear Materials Management, Ahmadu Bella University Chapter. Um, my question is um, with respect to the government outreach programs. Uh, in well, I will say I'm speaking. I'm talking this uh, about this issue with uh, experience. Uh, in situations whereby you try reaching out the government officials, mm-hmm. and uh, all efforts proves uh, to no avail. Uh, is there any way you can checkmate that probably through um, a continent at continental level or even international level uh, if i understand your question um you're saying you've had issues with trying to reach our elected officials to give you um uh, to give your organization time to talk about nuclear science and technology is that correct yes, yes. okay so um We as an organization, the AYGN, we we are open to all the chapters. Whatever help you need, um, that you that you think you need to reach your elected officials, we would reach out to some of the experience that I have. I, for example, me myself here, in my past life, 10 years ago, I was the government outreach chair for the North American Young Generation in Nuclear, so I can relate. Okay. I can relate to some of the challenges we have um trying to trying to reach out to our elected officials and give us time. But what I can also assure you that if you reach out to us and I do believe if you reach out to the African Union, okay? If you reach out to um in this case Professor Shaukat, I'm going to ask my challenge to him. Um and um that's also my challenge to the director of African Union that maybe you cannot con- contact them directly but if you reach out to us the AYGN we'll try to reach out to these um or other folks in in these agencies that will be able to uh, reach uh, be able to help um and um get the attention of the people that need to be um need to be involved with promoting nuclear science and technology at the at government level but that's not to say you yourself cannot do that because i know you said you've had issues with it um but i would say start with your local officials um um that have always helped with my experience um here in the united states i know it's a slightly a little bit different um the way things work here in the states but i'll say start with your start with your local officials um and and work your way up and sometimes that's just what's needed um it's a different dynamics back home i i know trust me it's it's, it's different but I think if we start from the local level um and be patient because that's going to be very important um it's very hard to recalibrate people from a certain thinking there's nothing that is very difficult than to change behaviors um I I I like the word where it says behaviors permeates 
anything in life or behavior permeates an organization per se. And in the same thing, most of these uh, folks in elected offices, they're not, they're not privy to know the, the benefits and the, te- the technical um, 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 benefits of what this will bring to the country itself. But once you're able to educate them, once you're able to get time with them and educate them, I can promise you, I can promise you from experience that they will give you that time that's needed um, to make sure you get where we are. Look where we are right now in Ghana. Look at Ghana right now. Look at where, where you are right now in Ghana. Ghana have supported what we're doing right because the Ghana young generation in nuclear have reached out to the government and found one person. All you need is one person. Once you're able to get that one person, at the end of the day, they would reach out to their colleagues in, in the government to give you the time that's needed to um, um, empower them. Uh, it's not it's not always the other way wherein our government folks empowering us, but we should be able to empower them and to in order for us to empower them to change their mindset about what we want, because at the end of the day, it is about us young folks. I don't consider myself any any younger than you know, but um, but what I would say is, as part of the young generation nuclear here, is all about us moving forward. So, if folks are going to be making decisions on behalf of us, they should be able to listen to us. Thank you. All right, so we'll take a question from um, a virtual delegate. Um, Seth Fakwa, if you could help us with that. All right, so colleagues want to find out what are some of the tools for communication strategies that Africa can use to demystify nuclear? I, di- I didn't hear you. Say that again, sorry. What are some of the tools or communication strategies that Africa can use to demystify nuclear? So if I understand the question, you wanted to know what are the tools that we in Africa can use to to demystify nuclear? Yes, please. Awesome. Thank you very, very much for that question. Very, very question. Very, very good question. And, um, And it would vary from country to country. Again, it will vary from what country to country, and I can just speak from experience um, that every country have a different mentality of how they will receive they will receive things. Okay, so you in Ghana, if you the question is from someone from Ghana, understand the dynamics of your people, understand the dynamics of what's important to your country. I can speak for Sierra Leone because I'm from Sierra Leone. Some of, some, of the, some of the programs that we just started doing is coming up with programs wherein we, we speak to students, students that are in totally different disciplines. And our president, uh, Mr. Alfred Mbayo, and I applaud his efforts for what they have done in a very short time is reaching out to those students that are not in the, that are not have any idea whatsoever about nuclear science and technology and through his effort through his effort and his uh, team they have been able to bring about close to 40 membership uh, 40 folks into the membership in just 10 months so it can be done 
So that's one way of reaching out, um, of, of reaching out to folks that know nothing about uh, demystifying um, the idea about nuclear science and technology. Now, when you talk about demystifying, the question becomes, what part of the application are you talking about demystifying? Is it demystifying in the energy sector or is it demystifying in the, in the medicine sector? But I can tell you from experience that the mystification is mostly on the energy sector. Whenever you talk to people about the energy sector, about the application of nuclear science and technology in energy. So what are the techniques that you can use? Instead of, instead of, talking, about, instead of talking about energy, talk about medicine. Talk about medicine. When people go to the hospital, they will get x-ray, x-rays. Talk about the benefit that is to the diagnostics. Talk about statistics of how many people have died in your community because they never had access to radiotherapy. Ask, talk to them about how many people have died for misdiagnosis. Why? Because they don't have access to advanced diagnostic instruments, whether it is an ultrasound. Talk to them about, let's say, for example, they, they, you're in the countryside, like I mentioned earlier. Talk to them about agriculture. Talk to them about um, 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 uh, folks that didn't have good productivity. Why? Because some insects came and, 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 and destroyed their, far their farming. Talk to them about that application, what the nuclear science and technology can apply in agriculture. Now, once you got their attention, You've just demystify, you know, that part that uh, I don't want to call it demystify, but once you got the attention on those applications, now you can say, now listen, Africa as it is, we know <laughs> that we don't have enough, we don't have sustainable energy in uh, in our countries. What are some of the applications of of uh, nuclear science in the energy sector? They can talk about we, we, we can talk about a whole a whole day workshop on just what are the benefits of nuclear energy and some of the applications and some of the designs, the current designs that we currently have. But sometimes when we talk about nuclear power, it's like, oh, just is we, we don't, we don't, we, is, is, we, we cannot afford nuclear power, which I totally dis disagree. I totally disagree, but we have that conversation at another time. We have technologies right now, if we embrace it, if we embrace the technology, um, of, of the SMR, the small model reactor, I believe Africa would be somewhere in 10 years, okay, where we'll be able to have at least 50% to 60% energy sustainability. Because right now, as, as you see our grids in Africa, probably in most of these countries, I'm not saying all countries, but most of these countries, especially sub-Saharan Africa, the, 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 the energy um, uh, generation, most of these grids cannot handle those those, those uh, 1,000 megawatt electricity. As you know, we have base load, for those who know, we have base load energy production. So what does SMR bring to you? SMR bring to you gives Africa, most of these sub-Saharan countries, uh, the opportunity to plan for 10 to 15 years, wherein you say, I'm going to put, I'm going to plan for four of or five of the 300 megawatt small modular reactors at this in this location. And because of you doing it step by step, you, you install 300, like after five years, you install another one after another three years, you are allowing yourself to build and upgrade your grid to, to, uh, to, to be able to handle 
the the energy the electricity production that is that's going to be put on the grid so i say all that to say in order for it to demystify um the the uh, nuclear science and technology start where people are and where people are right now is giving them statistics of right now if you do not apply this part of nuclear science and technology this is where africa would be and i can i can promise you in 2063 if we don't do that we will not be able to meet any we will not be able to meet 30% of those goals of those 20 goals that our leadership have spelled out for each and every one of us i hope that answers your question thank you so much mr barry um we are pressed with time, so we will not be able to take any more questions. But uh, Mr. Abdul Karim Bari will still be online, so we can still put our questions in the chat box and he would address them. Would um, like to encourage our delegates to please post and tweet and hashtag AYNS2021. The hashtag again is AYNS2021. Hashtag Africa for Nuclear, Ford number four.